We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. All right. Uh, well, welcome in, everyone, to Building the Broncos. I am your host, Carl Dummler, and got myself a, a special guest here tonight. We've never done a show together, so I'm kind of excited to see how this goes. But, I, you know, I've loved listening to your show, Tom, or Thomas. I guess, do you want to be called Tom or Thomas? Either one works. <laughs> Either one's all right. Well, you know, Thomas, it sounds very professional. We'll go with that one. But you know, wearing the the Tom Nalen '66, and uh, just yeah, that that looks great. And it's it's true that man should be in the Hall of Fame, big time. Definitely. And uh, but yeah, just I'm so glad that you get to join me here today tonight to talk about the Broncos and kind of break down this past game. And it is a, a little bit little bit frustrating obviously where the season has gone compared to where we thought it was going to go but uh thomas i just how are you doing bud <laughs> yeah, i'm doing okay man i really appreciate you uh you having me jump on here to how about with your show tonight i uh i really enjoy jumping on with uh with anyone that's uh mile high huddle shows so it's good i'm doing good i'm ha- i'm i'm all right i'm not happy about the broncos of course but uh you know everything else in uh is going okay for sure so thank you yeah. Well, yeah, guys, we got a great show for you. We're Like I said, we're going to break down the game, uh, both the good and the bad. There was some good. So I just want to make sure that we we keep that in mind. You know, our show, we like to kind of keep things as much positive as we can, because it's not always all bad. It's not always all good. And so we're trying to, to find that middle ground to really break down this entire team. And, you know, talking about breaking down this whole entire team, you know, like I said, you're wearing that Tom Nalen shirt. Man, the Broncos could have used Tom Nalen. <laughs> last night yeah yeah they, they i think their offensive line especially the left side played very poorly last night for sure yeah yeah th- there's plenty of throws where russell wilson was guy in his lap kind of thing uh, it looked like calvin anderson just getting driven back right into his legs you know lloyd cushenberry on that one throw where kj hamler was wide open down the field and russell wilson couldn't quite get his entire arm into it and it just it was. It's was, it was frustrating to watch all of that. And, and you know, speaking of protection, I, I did want to let you guys know that tonight, uh, Broncos country, if you're like me, you're increasingly getting more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. But I'm not, I'm not tech savvy at all. That's why I now use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's my desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy for me to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT graduate to figure it out. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive to use. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups for the price of a single cup of coffee, coffee per month. I have a complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data is protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I'm never a slave to media blackouts. I can switch my virtual location to a market that is showing the NFL game I want to watch so I don't miss out and can watch the action live. 
Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get four months free. Like I said, guys, that's that's better protection than you could ever get from the Broncos offensive line right now. <laughs> Make sure you guys head over there and use that. And, and like I said, I guess, how about we start on the positive side of things here? Or Well, before we get to that, let, let's get to the chat here a little bit. And just wanted to welcome everybody in for, for a second here. I uh, see we got, of course, uh, Jay Cazard coming in, Mile High Mike, William Catalano, uh, Dylan Von Arks helping out there in the background. Always appreciate that. Kevin Gray. Uh, let's see who else we got in here. We got Jamie as well. Uh, Mike Woodward coming in. And uh, I like his. I wish I had more faith in Russ moving forward. I just feel he is not the guy. I just do not see a 180 turnaround happening here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that as we, we dig into the Broncos and where things can go with with Russell Wilson. Is he really just falling off a cliff and the Seattle Seahawks just got the, the deal of the century from the Broncos? Well, I I don't know. It, it's still early in the in the game here for us. We got Andy Schrant coming in as well. Jeremy Bales, uh, Diamond Rattler, always good to see you in here. Uh, Nick D., uh, let's see, Tanya Bowman as well, Ryan Slavic. Um, just trying to get through all these biggie Bronco, Greg Smith, Jeremy Sean as well, Alabama Chagrin. I'm not sure if I've seen that one before. Colin Wood, I saw Paul earlier. Paul is, I think he's been around probably the longest of following Nick and I, and so just always appreciate seeing him in here. And yeah, guys, I, I, I We'll get to all these comments as we go throughout this, but I did want to get to, to some of your positive takeaways from this game. Where would you go right off the bat for talking about positives? Well, it was positive that uh, Russell Wilson looked good for a quarter. I mean, <laughs> that's some promise. Uh, yeah. But obviously, I mean, the defense is, is definitely a positive. I mean, they're playing far better than I expected early on. I, I mean, they've got Patrick Sertan just is playing – you know, like the best cornerback in the NFL, Baron Browning, impact player. I mean, they've got some solid players on that defense, and they showed up. I mean, they showed up against the Chargers uh, last night, or um, yeah, it, I guess it was last night. Today's only yeah. Tuesday. Man, <laughs> yeah, they showed up. I week. mean, they held yeah. a team that was scoring points to 19 points, and that was in you know, including overtime. So, I mean, for me, that was a huge positive because I thought they were gonna, I thought they were gonna have to you know, hold them to 24 or 25, something like that. So that was great. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, you know, it was even with, you know, you're missing Josie Jewell. Ronald Darby goes down with his ACL tear. Probably one of the worst players on the defense was actually Justin Simmons last night. Yeah, of all he looked guys. rusty. You know, yeah, he was very rusty. He missed a few tackles. And, and so just like you said, being able to see that of you're missing some of those key guys. And really, the, the only offense that the Chargers had was Bronco penalties. Right. That's about yeah, the only I way mean, they could move the football. Yeah, one of their drives was all penalties, pretty much. I mean, I it was uh, it was pretty that was pretty sad that that's how to get. It. I mean, uh, Demari Mathis, you know, he got quite a few penalties, like four uh, pass interference, which is a shame. But the nice thing about that, another positive you can take from that, is he bounced back. He didn't get down. He still made some plays. So, I mean, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. So there is a positive that he wasn't uh, he wasn't down and just starting to get burned. I mean, he he really came came up even though he uh, he got nailed a few times. Yeah. It, obviously, you're, you're going to hope that as he goes back and watches this tape, he can learn from it. Because a lot of those time, those plays, he was actually in perfect position. I'd say there's only one of those pass interferences where he was really out of position, trying to run to catch up and kind of ran into the guy. The rest of them, he was in position. You just got to learn where your hands can be. You know, you, you don't have to be that physical at the, the point of contact and just trust that you have done well at your job. Yeah. You know, you see those rookies, they kind of just panic in those moments and they just start grabbing, even though they've done their job well. And so, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm excited for him moving forward, but it, it was not a great game for him. Yeah. And if it was, I mean, that cornerback position, if that was somebody else, if that was Pat Sertan on a couple of those, they probably wouldn't have thrown the flag. They would give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's a rookie. They threw the flag right away without even, even a second thought. So 
he'll he'll learn and i think he's got he's got a lot of potential which is is good because i i didn't think he was gonna amount to a heck of a lot so yeah all right well we got phil coming in here phil's been around for so long i appreciate you phil always contributing and just uh being a fan of our shows he says good evening tom carl and deacon scott Loved Browning's play last night. Mathis is rookie, but shows promise. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, like you said earlier, Browning. Man, that guy is a budding star for this team. Like, he's not a backup guy. He is a true starter. And I know Randy Gregory, when he'll come back, he'll go back into the rotation kind of thing. But still, you love that you can have three guys on the field that you know can get after the quarterback, go make great plays, and just his ability to even drop back in coverage. You know, I mean, he had that interception. Then he fumbled it, of course, but but he can get into position. He has enough athleticism to chase guys down the field if you need him to. And we got Patrick Witsy coming in saying, afternoon, sirs. And uh, well, it's evening for me. It's dark outside already, but appreciate you being here. And yeah, so Browning, I, I'm so excited about his future. You know, you've got him locked up here now for this season and another two before you got to worry about paying him, which Randy Gregory will be out of contract about that point. And then, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with Bradley Chubb, but it's nice that you at least have a young guy that you can build around for that edge rushing position. Absolutely. And frankly, he's, he was the only one that made a true impact play last night. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The defense was great. Don't get me wrong. Sertan was great blocking. That that was huge. But the the only impact play was that interception, and that was Browning. Um, and they needed more of those to get a victory, and they they only got one. So he yeah, was. I can remember the, the announcers in overtime saying something about uh, the defense is going to have to score if they want to win this game. <laughs> yeah, because it just especially that second half, the Chargers just figured out the Broncos offense. And, uh, you know, here we get into a little bit of the negative side of things. The Broncos just pass protection. I mean, it, it was atrocious. They, you could tell that just guys were lost on the field with, with Bulls being gone. Like I said, that left tackle spot, whether it was Anderson or Fleming, both of them really struggled to, to really hold down. Uh, and then the middle interior guys, Cushenberry, not great in the run game again. Reisner was kind of up and down throughout the game. Miners, again, kind of a rusty guy coming off that injury. You saw him a couple times get drove back where I haven't really seen that earlier in the preseason and that first game. And, and so it was. It was just frustrating to watch that unit and just every third down. What are the Chargers going to do? Oh, they're going to bring an extra guy and make them have to have perfect protection, and they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I think they they did a poor job for sure, but some of that also was on Russ. He's got to recognize the blitz, and I don't know if the offense just doesn't have that hot read coming out that he can throw too quickly or what, but there was a couple times where he needed to get rid of that ball quickly and he couldn't do it. And sometimes they're just in your face so fast you can't, but uh, he's got something is up. He's not reading the defense, but you can't put yeah. all the blame 
on the offensive line. However, a lot of it does have to, they should have, I mean, why weren't they running the ball more? Why were they just going out there slinging it constantly? Was that, were they not able, able to open holes? I don't know. You got it. The running games is one of those things where you just got to keep at it and keep, and keep, uh, keep doing it. And they, they, they hardly ran the ball and that helps your offensive line. So there's, there's a lot of issues that are going on that are affecting the offensive line, but you're absolutely correct. Cushenberry has had a rough year for sure. So is Reisner. And now you've got either Calvin Anderson, who I thought was going to be a lot better than he is this year. He was, he, he was on the bench for Fleming, which he must say he was not handling Khalil Mack very well or something because they, uh, they benched him right away. So. Yeah, it, it kind of started bringing some flashbacks to when uh, Schofield tried to block yeah. Khalil Mack back in 2015. Right. And I think he gave up like four sacks. Now, Anderson wasn't that bad, but it, you could still see he was getting driven back like crazy and just not not up to par of what That's you right. needed in that moment. Yeah. But we got KB82 coming in with a super chat saying they played Chubb and Gregory on one side a few times. Maybe they can do that and play Browning on the other side in obvious passing downs. They've, they've done that some this year. They've had all three on the field and, like like you said, put some of them there kind of on that interior spot, allowed them to do some uh, some twists and everything else to to try to get to generate that pressure. That um, It's kind of where you're, you're, you're doing a fake blitz, where you're trying to get these extra little specialty things going on, and uh, it, it's worked great. I mean, I, I think one of the, the biggest bright spots of the season has been uh, Idro Evero as a coordinator. That guy has just been genius with that defense, knowing when to push the buttons, knowing how to use his players. It has been impressive what he's been able to do. Absolutely. And, you know, you go back to when uh, when um, Wade Phillips was running the NASCAR uh, set when they, you know, in the 2015, 2016 with, with four edge rushers going in uh, along the line and it was working. So they've got it. I mean, I think they're doing a great job. I, I don't think that they're, you know, they need to change up a whole lot on defense. But the thing that boggles my mind here is you have a head coach that is in charge of the entire team and everyone's blaming him and he takes a lot of blame, but he hired two pretty solid offensive or two solid coordinators on, on the defensive side. And even though, even though there was a mistake on the special team side, they have their side seemingly working. Mm-hmm. What is going on with the offensive side? That's the thing that, that is strange to me. Other than the dumb penalties, and I mean, there are penalties that I don't mind, like in the play, like that face mask penalty, it happens, you know, it's the heat of the moment, but the dumb penalties on the defense has got to stop. I mean, it was, some of those were ridiculous. Yeah. We have Garth Knight coming in with a super chat saying, gentlemen, what do we know about Russell Wilson, the third, Russell Wilson's hamstring, who we got on Sunday? Sounds like it's still being evaluated at this point. Um, and it's, he's day to day. So to read into that, what you want, I'm guessing he'll play, Yeah. you know, usually quarterbacks kind of tough through those things. Russell Wilson, he's not one that's missed a whole lot of games in his career. Last year came back from his finger injury, probably about two or three games too early just because he wanted to play just, that's the, the kind of guy he is. So I, I'm going to guess he's going to play. If not, it's going to have to be Brett Rippon. And I, there's, it's been kind of crazy. There's been some people out there talking of the Broncos would have their best offensive day with Brett Rippon out there just because they, they think he'd, I don't know. I, I don't think that would be the case. I, I think you'd still see a lot of the struggles on the offense. Rippon had a decent preseason, but it's pretty much he would complete a really deep ball that would really enhance his stats. The rest of it was kind of just average. And so you, you see the big play, you see the big highlight, and you're like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. He's still there. There's a reason he's been either on the practice squad, third string guy, now backup. He's not going to be the guy that's going to supersede Russell Wilson here. Yeah. I mean, whether we like it or not, Russell Wilson is the guy for the next few years. So if he's hurt, fine, put, you're going to have to put somebody else in, but you know, we're going to watch Russell Wilson struggle through this until he figures it out. If he does, I mean, but the Broncos are wedded to him for a few years. So instead of thinking about, Oh, we should get a new quarterback, do something else. That's uh, that can fix this offense. I mean, Russell Wilson obviously is struggling. Don't get me wrong. The entire offense is struggling. Jerry Judy is struggling. 
the offensive line is struggling. The running backs are struggling. Everybody really, I mean, it was tough. They were having a hard time getting open. I mean, sometimes some of that scheme, but some of the offensive, you know, the wide receivers were being covered really well. Uh, so there's a lot of issues, but unfortunately, I mean, Russ, even if Rippon does play pretty good due to injury, he's still, it's Russell Wilson. I mean, they're stuck with him. So Andrew yeah. Baker, thank you for coming in. Sup, Tom, Carl, Scott, and fam. Must be the law of what can go wrong will go wrong. Scott, smack my head. BTB for life. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's the way it feels like, right? It feels like everything's going wrong. And I, I actually wrote an article about how they've just had terrible luck. And they have. Injuries, is that's a huge one. And then just the fumbles, the strip sacks bouncing into the offensive line's hands. It's like they have had no luck whatsoever. So thank you for that comment. I appreciate it. but. Yeah, it's it is. That's what it is. It's... Yeah, you, you hope the law of averages balances out in the second half of the season for the Broncos, where they start getting some of those lucky breaks to go their way. But you know, and, and part of this is it's not just that they're unlucky; it's just that they also, like you said, they're they're undisciplined, which leads to some of these things showing up on on the field. But we have Stu McPeak coming in. Stu, really appreciate you here with the 1999 super chat saying O line certainly didn't help. Yeah, it, like I said, it's it's a lot of things. And that's why it's not one of those uh, you can go find one player, bring them in, and the entire offense is fixed. Right. That's not going to be the case here. You know, the, the scheme is having some issues where they're at times getting too too tricky at times. Like, get the basics down first is kind of my thought. Learn the basics, get everybody on the same pages with those, and then you can start adding in some extra things. But sometimes they just they, they go away from what's working. Yep. I think of that those first couple drives for the Broncos, a lot of that was some short passes, kind of getting the ball, getting Russell Wilson into a rhythm. Well, they kind of went away from that in the second half. They were trying to get things down the field as much as possible, and it just wasn't working. And then O-line having their problems with the blitz, wide receivers dropping it. There's a couple times wide receivers running the wrong route. Like the, the one, I think it was right at the end of the half, where Jerry Judy didn't even realize the fo football had been thrown to him. Yep. And he's yeah. kind of looking around like, why, why is everybody stopped? And it, it's already gone over his head. So th those kind of things, it just, it, it's all combining together to bring us this really bad product that we have on the field. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of issues and you're right. They need to get back to the basics. They, they really should lean on their running game as much as they can. And I know they're not running well, and I know that, but just the fact of running the ball keeps the defense honest. Right. The, yeah. the defense had no until the very end when they didn't expect them to run and they made some yardage. They, they had no respect really for the running game. They were all over the wide receivers. Uh, the uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Get back to some basics and uh, get some, you know, get the running game going, do some rollouts, get Russell Wilson on the move a little bit. I mean, he obviously. And, and people are saying he's washed. He's not, he's, he's struggling and all great quarterbacks have some bad years. It's just the way it is. The hall of fame quarterbacks, you look at them all, they all have some bad years. He's struggling right now, but he came out with a good offensive plan and they, he was 10 for 10. He looked like he was his old self in the first quarter. Yeah. And then it just went away. Whether that was changing up of the plan or whatever. I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's frustrating as heck. Gary line. Thank you for coming in from Facebook. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the support. Thanks for supporting this show that I'm just happening to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just really appreciate Thomas coming on. Nick got a an opportunity of a lifetime, I guess is the way he wow. kind of put it. He got to go hike one of the uh, hardest trail or not the hardest trails to get, to be able to get a ticket to be able to go on. And okay. so hopefully he's having a good time being safe out there. And uh, just enjoying because that man loves to climb anywhere and everywhere. He's been trying to get me to come out there and, and do a climb with him. I don't think I can hang with that guy. <laughs> but uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, that means that we get Thomas here tonight. Appreciate that. And appreciate all of you guys being here as well. And I, I know that there's a lot of frustrations. I'm feeling it. Uh, I, I had a few people contact me today that some Broncos fans, some Chiefs fans, of course, wanting to rub it in of, of how bad the Broncos have looked at times. And it's, like I said, it's going to take some time. I remember the 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 Packers, when they got their their new coaching staff come in, Rodgers didn't look great when he first started off with this offense. There, there was about eight to ten weeks where it really took them time to get into to everything. So, like I said, we, we got to have a little bit of patience. I don't think we can fully make any kind of assumptions on where this team is going and how good, good or bad they are at this point. It, it's just give it a little more time. Uh, which I hate saying that because two and four, you feel like the season's over. It is hard to say that. It's hard to hear it, man. And I've been trying to be as positive as possible, looking at the the bright side of things. But let's be frank here. I mean, the Broncos season is all is if it's not over, it's on life support. I mean, at two and four, there have been a few teams that have gone to the playoffs. If that's what the uh, you know the ultimate goal is, is to get the playoffs and go to Super Bowl, which it should be. And that's what they were saying. This thing's on life support. I mean, the Broncos have done it they, with the team with Tim Tebow. Turned it around. They think they were two and four and maybe two and five. Turned it around, went to the playoffs. But the, the thing that I, I um, want to say is not giving up is super important here. If the Broncos just flat out give up and look terrible, uh, that's going to be harder to overcome the next couple of years. But if they continue to plug away at it, show some improvement, Maybe they don't go to the playoffs, but they they stick it out. Russell Wilson gets better. The team gets better. The next few years, are, you're going to see success come. Right, Blowing it up isn't an option because you're wedded to Russell Wilson and you want to blow it up and wait three years to get some draft picks that might work out or might not. And then, you know, by that time, Russell Wilson's already old and, you know, it's it's done deal. So we're kind of, we're stuck with it, but they need to stick with it. They just, they have to. Yep. All right. Well, Gary, again, thank you for the stars there and appreciate all of you guys that have contributed already to the show. And, you know, I know it's it's been hard to support the Broncos, but we appreciate that you guys just all the time support us no matter what's going on with the Broncos. So thank you all. And we got uh, Lilo coming in here or Lilo coming in saying, even if Russ gears versus Jets, Ripian is ripping is a better choice. He's one to know against the Jets. Offense is abysmal. Get there behind together and Hackett needs incentive. I'm trying to, wasn't that the game where he threw like three interceptions and they still found a way to win it? Yeah. yeah I mean, Lilo, I, that's all. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate this. It's wonderful to have the support, but I'm just, I don't think any quarterback can step in here unless it was Aaron Rodgers who's comfortable in this, in the system and play really well. I mean, he might. I don't know. It, it, you know, it's a stranger things have happened, but this is Russell Wilson's offense. And frankly, he helped write the playbook. So the, having him not perform is a humongous surprise to me, but I think they're, they're going to, unless he's hurt, which he, he could be, and they, it may go with Brett Rippon. Uh, I, I just, I mean, if people are talking about, Oh man, they'd be better off drew lock and yada, 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 they wouldn't be. This offense has not been playing well as a whole. And one quarterback isn't going to fix it. That's that's my take on it. And they're, they're stuck with Russell Wilson. I don't know what your thoughts are, Carl, on that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. For better, for worse, you've got him at least for three years, that $245 million contract. Money talks in the NFL. You can't just say, okay, you know what? We're throwing this away. No, they're, they're going to give him some time here. And like I said, they don't even have the draft picks to really go make big changes at that quarterback position right now. And uh, we got Lilo come back in again saying Emmanuel and Nick debate about Broncos offense last night. Give them some time. Time is running out. Do you agree? Well, for this season. Yeah, you're right. Unfortunately in the NFL, it's, you don't have this great time. You can't say, well, let's give it a few years and see what happens. You know, it, it is, you got to perform now. And to me, if the Broncos can't get to four and four by the bye, that means they have to win their next two games. Yeah, it, this season's going to be really tough because that's second half of the season. You know, you got two games against the Chiefs. You got another Chargers game, another Raiders game. Uh, you got the Cardinals. I think you got the Rams. So a lot of tough games coming ahead. But uh, yeah, they, they got to get their act together now. 
Yeah, time is running out for sure. I mean, two and four, it's running out. They, they <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But just because you're having this, you're struggling the first half of the year is not, you don't blow it up. You don't, you know, go away from it. If you think that you can, uh, you're going to stick with this offense. Maybe they won't, but I mean, they're stuck with Hackett. I mean, they're not going to fire a midseason, I don't think. So, yeah, you you just got to you got to turn it around as best you can, see where it ends up, and just don't give up. Just fix some of the mistakes that you're doing. Definitely. All right, we got Naj coming in saying, I think this storm of negative national media attention is crushing Russ and the team, old teammates, NFL experts bashing him, etc. My hope is he can get away from this entourage and focus on himself and his teammates. Naj, really appreciate this 1999 super chat. And and you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy listening to this national media. And uh, I mean, Russ is a he's one of the headlines of the NFL. He, he's a big personality. He's out there in all these commercials. You know, he demanded this trade and uh, all the hype coming into this season for the Broncos. Obviously, you know, a lot of people had him as a top ten team in the NFL. I was one of them. And yep. so not living up to that. Yeah. You're seeing all these people kind of come out of the woodworks to, to bash on Russ. And, and I, I hope he can just shut this out. I think he is one that does pretty well of trying to kind of compartmentalize these different things and just focus on what he needs to focus. But really the team's just, it's going to be up to the team. They're going to have to rally together. The negative attention is going to be there. You can't take that away. The media is going to be the media. We're the media. We're 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 out here talking about him right now, saying how frustrated we are with how this season has gone and how Russ has not been Russ and missing some wide open wide receivers, missing some easy throws, you know, all those kind of things. He he has plenty of blame for why the season has gone the way it has gone, and so he's just he's gonna to have to live up to. Hey, you just got paid two hundred forty five million dollars. Live up to it now. Yeah. And that's that's not just coming back. You know, the last two losses have been about as brutal as I can remember in my life. And, you know, I've seen some pretty brutal losses, so I'm not going to put that up here. But the problem is, is the reason why they're brutal is because there was so much promise. There were so expectations were through the roof, but you know, they've lost every game. Every game was within one score and less. Yep. I mean, they're losses. So they're not getting completely blown out, which would that would be the worst worst thing we could we could see so i mean if you want to look at some positive if they can figure it out even somewhat on the offense and they can score 24 points or 20 points instead of 16 they're probably yeah. going to start winning some games it, as long as their defense keeps playing the way it is so i mean yeah it's it is tough because of the promise because of this i mean i had them i had expectations sky high and man when they lost last night i was down really down because i love these Broncos. i've been watching them for 40 years you know and uh i've seen some brutal ones not you know uh super bowl 55 to 10 brutal so there is a little bit that we can glean from this but the players have to make plays I and mean, we can blame hackett which we should he's definitely familiar but they have to make a play if they could have made one play last night they probably could have won this game one play one yeah. positive play and they didn't do it Right. Well, I think of, you know, the Broncos have the most drops in the NFL this year so far through six weeks. That, that can't be blamed on the coaches. That's that's a wide receiver. Here's your hands. Here's the ball. Catch it. Yeah. You know, well, and penalties. Yeah. You can blame that on coaching some because of how undisciplined. But some of these guys, I mean, these guys are professionals. You got to know, right. like Purcell last night, guys out of bounds. You don't just jump on his back and add an extra 15 yards to that kind of play. That that's that's easy one oh one football there. Yeah. So that, that, he that, wasn't a rookie. This isn't his first coach. He's been through a right. lot of coaches. So you yeah. know, I agree with you. And the, the one thing that bothered me the most last night, it wasn't just that Montreal Washington muffed the punt. From my angle, and I could be wrong, he looked like he flopped, like he's some sort of NBA player trying to draw a foul. Man, I I don't like it when players just kind of give up and hope for the flag. Like you keep playing and that's what they need yeah. to do is keep playing. He should have tried to catch that ball. If he dropped it fine, but don't just flop and let, and then give up. That's what bothered me the most about that. I mean, it probably should have been a penalty, but it wasn't, you never, you can't expect it. And that's coaching to me. That's coaching is you, you, as a coach, you need to tell them 
to play all the way through the play. No matter what happens, keep playing. And Montreal's a rookie, so that's somebody that can take that advice to heart and learn it as he goes along. But that was rough, and, and that's part of the reason why people are down on the coaching maybe uh, other than the play calling. But some of those plays, you know, they were working. So, Yeah, and like I said, there's been plays where guys were open. They were set up to work and just the – they just didn't execute the way that you needed to to make the actual play work. So we got Garth coming in again saying these last two games were Game of Thrones brutal, but Game of Thrones usually cuts off ahead in milliseconds as opposed to 60 minutes of torture. <laughs> yeah, so I I had a meeting last night, and so I, I missed the first half of the game, you know, the actual good half of football for the Broncos uh, on the offensive side. And the guy sitting next to me had it pulled up on his phone, and so he's sliding me a piece of paper going, you know, Broncos up 3-0, Broncos up 10-0. And I'm just like, just stop doing that. I, I tried to focus in my meeting here. And, and you know, and so then when I come back in the second half, yes, that is complete brutal football, watching that offense go three and out and take all these sacks and all these, you know, horrific penalties that just completely set them back of anything that was working. And so, yeah, I, I finally got to watch the first half today. And so I, I, I kind of got at least a little bit better mood. You know, first half, they were winning. So in, in my mind, at least right now, they're, they're winning. But it, you're right. These last two games, especially losing in overtime, you have the game secured. You know, this last one to lose that way of a muffed punt again, yeah. a, a second muffed punt because the special teams unit couldn't get on the same page, couldn't get people cleared out of the area. You know, th those kind of things of just you're destroying yourself. Yep. The Broncos really have been, I would say, the more talented team. If you look at just like pound for pound talent, take away all the, the coaching and everything else, the execution, talent wise, the Broncos have been better. I agree. But they've just they've destroyed themselves week after week. I mean, the penalties alone, and I, I think I tweeted this out that they could have probably I mean, they could break the record for the most penalties probably this year, but most of them are boneheaded penalties. Like things you just they're shooting themselves in the foot every night and all they really needed last night was one person to step up and it's supposed to be Russell Wilson but he didn't do yeah. it he couldn't and that's that's on him i mean yeah you've got to scheme these players open you've got to do things but somebody has to step up and make a play and nobody can do it and that's why they're losing the close games every time they needed somebody to make an impact and they couldn't and that's why they've lost all of these close games right we got Naj coming back in again. Thank you so much, Naj, for all of your support here tonight. Saying one thing I've noticed is they don't roll out Russ at all or move the pocket. What do you think that is? Well, I think it's a couple things. I think it is one, a little bit of the stubbornness of Russell Wilson. That he really wanted to come in here and prove he could be a pocket passer. I kind of remember when the uh, when Washington had RG3 and that first year, like they pretty much took his college offense there at Shanahan took his college offense and said, that's what we're going to run. They had a ton of success. And then all of a sudden RG three and his agent came to Shanahan and told him, Hey, we want him to prove that he can be a true professional, run it from the pocket, you know, do these kind of things. And yes, he was coming off of injury and all those kind of things, but still that's not who he is. Right. And so I think Russ has to figure out, Hey, maybe what I was in Seattle Maybe that really is who I am. It was very successful. It worked. Got guys open. I made the right throws. Yeah, I'm not going to be the drop back 40 times a game and throw for 350 yards every night and four or five touchdowns every week. I'm not going to be that guy. But for my team to win, I guess I need to maybe go back to some of those things that work. So I, I think it is a little bit of the stubbornness of Russell Wilson. I think it is also the coaching staff trying to support that and, and not just stepping in saying, hey, you know what? It's not working. We got to change. Well, and they came from, I mean, they came from Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, a pocket passer, and they're trying to fit Russell Wilson into that. You know, they they need to make a change and do the right thing. I mean, they blew it up, and I keep, I'm sorry I'm bringing up Tim Tebow because he wasn't the reason for that success, but they blew it up. You know, six games and five games in the season made an offense around him and it worked. It got him to play us. I mean, they lucked into it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. <laughs> but they need to make that change. So, um, 
yeah, I think they've got to do something to get him on the move a little bit more. Lilo, thank you for coming back in with another super chat. I re- we appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Broncos lost margin of seven to three per game, which is shocking, but never blow out. Jags and Jets games next. Hopefully they can go four and four by the bye week. They've got to go four and four. They they have to be four and four at the bye week, or they're really in serious trouble. And, and not just for the playoffs. They're in serious trouble of uh if they're if they're losing by week seven, that Peyton might get ready to trade somebody away. You know, I don't know if he's in that mood or what, but they've got to show something in the next couple of games for sure. I don't know when the trade deadline is exactly, but it's it's fast approaching. Yeah. And we got Lilo coming in again with another super chat. And I love the the Star Wars picture there saying Simmons was awful last night. Hope he bounces back. Yeah. Awful is a really big word there and it can have a lot of varying degrees of it. But you're right. Missed some some tackles that could have stopped a couple drives there. A couple times arriving late on some coverage plays where usually he's never late and he's always in that right position to make a play. And I'm not worried about Simmons. I mean, he's one of the top safeties in football for a reason. He's smart. He's athletic. I, I think you get him another game or, game or so under his belt. He'll be right back to old Justin Simmons. And and if you can get Caden Cerns back as well, got that three-headed monster at the safety position, Broncos could be really cooking there in that secondary. And we got Phil coming in with some stars saying, I have stopped watching the after-game pressers. I think I have the gist. We got to play better. It's on me. I have to do better. I will have to look at the film. <laughs> yeah, every coaching staff does that after a loss. You know, they they obviously they can't really voice all of their frustrations in that moment. And a lot of it's got to stay behind closed doors. I, I just always remember who was it, Vance Joseph, that would always be like, Well, we had a great week of practice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you keep losing. What does that even mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I oh, agree with him. I, I can't. Uh, I, I I can't watch this. The coach speak and the you know. It's just there's nothing that they could say anyway to to make us feel better unless they were like, hey, we're terrible. And then you're like, well, I, we feel better, but that's still you're terrible. So we don't feel very good anyway. <laughs> yeah, we got Robot Abdoom coming in off of Twitch saying, and the thing that truly sucks, we don't have the draft capital to get some top O linemen and to trade for some, and we might have to overpay for O-linemen in the offseason. Unfortunately, that's kind of the situation the Broncos find themselves in. They, they do have some young pieces in place that could step into, I mean, we've seen it now with Baron Browning. Second year, really came in for the Broncos and has, has done well, found his position. Uh, you know, they dropped, drafted Wattenberg this last draft. He could come in at that center position. Maybe, maybe that's a huge improvement. Yeah, you really improved that center position and miners. He's just coming back from injury. I think we saw in that first game, he showed some huge promise before he went down. I think he's going to be a great player for the Broncos moving forward. So I think you, you could maybe have a couple positions there. Garrett Bowles coming back from injury. We'll have to see if the Broncos want to take on his cap hit or not. Yeah. The rest of the positions it's up for how the Broncos are going to go about this and might have to overpay. Might just have to depend on a mid-tier draft pick and just hope that they can turn into something. Yeah, I uh, I, I think Billy Turner might have some promise and maybe he'll come back for another year to solidify that right tackle. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you, we don't. We're not going to see any big moves um, to go after offensive linemen uh, until free agency. But they're going to have to. They're going to have to do something. I mean, they've locked themselves up with Russell Wilson. This is the way it is. So they're going to have to do something to protect him. I think Cushionberry is the weak link. And I also think that he doesn't fit the offense, you know, and that's why they're not running the uh, wide zone as often as they should. Maybe they are, but it doesn't look like it to me. He's not, he's not getting to the second level. He's not coming yeah. off of his, you know, the, the zone wide zone is you read that offensive line or defensive lineman. And if he's, he's not your guy, you get to the second level and Cushionberry hasn't been able to do that very well. And Reisner has not either, which is a surprise because that was his kind of, deal he was a very athletic so i don't yeah it's it's a tough one but also remember that this offensive line has not played together once as a whole like really the one that they're assembled now is not the offensive line that was in training camp it it just wasn't and that takes some time to get some uh communication down some timing down so there's going to be some growing pains with that offensive line but they can run behind miners and billy turner and they should 
they should pound the rock right behind those two as often as they can and just see if they can get stopped. And if they can, then try something else. But I think that's a, I mean, if your offense isn't working, you might as well try something, I guess. Right. And well, like you said, last night, they, they kind of started getting the run game going there at the end, getting a few nice runs going. And they had the one driver, they ran first and second down and it was third and one. Of course, what do they do? They go to the pass then. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're getting some push. You're actually having something work. And, and that's, I think been one of the most frustrating things for me is they, they have things working and then they just go, you know what, let's try something else and see if we can get it to work too. Right. I'm like, make them stop this first, make them prove they can stop this and then go to something new. But they, they, they seem to just jump the gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the few teams with a fullback, right? Like put them out there and line them up for a run. And then if you want to pass off it, pass off it. So Lawrence Rivera, it's good to see you. I see you once in a while on my show in the morning, which is awesome. So should we cut Hackett and focus on getting new coach ready for next season? Half our players don't buy into it no more. We need change. What do you think, Carl? You think that's prudent plan? No, I mean, I get you want to make a change just to make a change. And you want to send a signal to the rest of the team. Hey, we're not okay with where things are at. I don't think cutting Hackett really solves anything at this point. You know, maybe you get a little bit of a jump on your your future coaching staff and trying to find your next guy and all that kind of stuff. But right now, for me, I'd just keep him for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, if you decide at the end of the year, this is not your guy and the new ownership says, hey, we want to be a part of the hiring of a new coach and get our kind of guy in here and say you want to go after a big name like Sean Payton because you have owners that can afford going and getting that kind of guy and making a big splash. I get it. And Sean Payton, I, I would love to have him here in Denver. I don't know if that's going to be a possibility or not but yeah I, I would say give hack at the year if things don't turn around go find your next coach go find yourself a veteran coach yeah that's that's what you need you've been taking all of these you know young guys first time head coaches i guess Van, or Vic Fangio wasn't young but he's a first time head coach and it, it's proving that these guys you have to go through the growing pains with them do you really want to do that when you've got Russell Wilson who's got maybe a few more years of possibly great football in his arm. To me, go get that veteran guy, get that staff in, in place and see what you can do. Yeah, I agree with you. There's there's nobody that that really can replace him right now. I mean, it's a bunch of young coaches. Unless they, unless they fire him and say, Dom Capers, you can take over. He's the only ex really experienced head coach on the uh, the staff. So they're not going to bring somebody in mid-season that I that I can think of I mean maybe but I doubt it um so yeah they're you're, you're either stuck with Hackett through the year or you're going to try and bring Dom Capers uh in, from an advisor role into the uh head coaching job because I mean the other guys are doing great the coordinators but if you throw more responsibility on them they're they're going to probably struggle at their jobs as well so um tone van yeah, sorry, I can't pronounce your name, but thank you for coming in from Facebook. It's awesome. Hello. Is it too late to go shopping Thursday through others teams practice squad for a better line? That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to upgrade is the problem. I mean, if there, if there's somebody on the pro on the, I mean, I, and don't get me wrong, they're playing bad, but if they're on the practice squad, they didn't make the team on somebody else's team. Uh, unless they're just stashing them there and nobody, then we don't, you know, nobody's going to know if they're any good or not. So it'd be a tough one, but they've, they've got to do something. You're right. They have to get, they have to do something. Uh, there was a rumor about a, a trade, but I think it was for a cornerback. If I saw, I saw on Twitter, I don't know if you saw Carl, I think they were looking at maybe a cornerback, but no offensive yeah. line that I've seen. So I, I don't I think they're kind of stuck with what they got. The the name I'd heard was William Jackson, the third yeah, was one guy that they were maybe considering. But Albert Noper's coming in saying, hello, guys. Hello to you as well and to, to your wife. Always appreciate seeing you on the shows and uh, hope you're doing well out there. It was great to, to see you at the, the meet and greet, getting to meet you guys, because I've, I've seen your faces up there to actually meet you in person. Always good to see that. And, you know, that, that's kind of the, the great reminder through all this is as much as we are frustrated with the team, it's still great that we get to cheer for a team and have fans around us, have kind of this this fan family. Uh, through MHH and so appreciate all of you out there for for sticking with us and sticking with the Broncos I know we've been through the lean years you know these last five years have been the lean years so I guess it's nothing new <laughs> other than the, the only difference really I think for this year compared to the years past 
we kind of expected it wasn't going to be great the last few years. This year with the the high expectations, I think that's why it's hurting a lot more compared to years past. Yep, it, absolutely. It, <laughs> yeah, and the thing of it is, is a lot of people that have been fans for a long time, they didn't, they've not suffered through this. I mean, you've got to go back to the '60s to have <laughs> this long of a suffering, and yeah. uh, that was pretty rough for those that uh, were fans clear from the '60s. So. Uh, yeah, this is a rough time. And, you know, and I'll say this, I, I do try to look on the pri- bright side and I, I have a hard time right after a game. I'm really, really down. But the Detroit Lions have only won one playoff game since 1957, I believe. <laughs> so we could be part of the Lions franchise and we're not. So there is... Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of a bright side to look on. So uh, hopefully hopefully they can turn it around and hopefully they can do it in this season enough to give us promise for next season is what I'm hoping. Yeah. there, Like you said, we've talked about it. There, there's some nice individual pieces on this team. And if you get the right coaching staff in place and maybe they do have it and we're just going to see them go through these growing pains and they figure it out eventually and everybody starts clicking and we move forward and we're kind of laughing about this time. We'll see. You know, it, we could have had the opposite where it was like Josh McDaniels where the team started 6-0 and and everybody thought, oh, look at the, the genius the Broncos got. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it's been a nightmare, obviously, for him as a head coach since. And uh, we got Phil coming in again saying, looking ahead to our next win, how do you guys think we line up against the Jets? I think pretty good. I mean, the Jets, are again, they're, they're another young team. They're going through the growing pains as well of – one week they can look great. The next week they can look like the worst team in football. You know, with a young quarterback at the helm, he can go out there and light it up. And he's he's got he's gonna got that attitude of uh, I'm I'm great. I know I'm great. And sometimes it works gr- where he can fit it into a tight window. And, and you got to kind of have a little bit of that attitude as a quarterback. But then you're also gonna have those games where you have three or four interceptions. And so uh, the yeah. Broncos got to hope that they can maybe take advantage of some of those times and they do have the players to really have a big turnover game. You know, I think they've got what seven or eight turnovers on the season by the defense. And really they should have had more with all those forced fumbles. Yeah. So, you know, I I think there's, if the ball bounces right, the Broncos could get some of those short fields offense. Again, they had some plays that were clicking early on. They just got to figure out how do we keep going? How do we keep building on this? Yeah, I mean the Jets are dangerous. I mean they obviously can win. They've you've, they, they've won some games, which were a surprise. So I mean, I think the Broncos personnel wise, if you look at just personnel, they probably line up just fine with them. But you know when you've got a, a swagger to you, things are clicking. They've got a good head coach. Uh, you know th- it's it's not going to be a push pushover game that we thought it would be when we were looking at the schedule earlier in the right. year. So the Broncos are going to have to make plays. Plain and simple. And if the offense can't do it, the defense is going to, like you said, they're going to have to create turnovers. And that's that's the only way that they're going to survive. Yeah, well, we got Ernie Mays coming in here, one of the, the legends around here saying, hello, Thomas and Carl, go Broncos. Hello to you, Ernie, and always appreciate seeing you on the shows. And uh, usually it's one of the first comments always uh, when we first started all these live shows. We got Garth coming in as well. Uh, with the super chat saying, I'm glad I caught this MHH stream. Tom and Carl, keep things cool. Glad you two were here for this. Yeah, I I feel like we have been a little more negative than I wanted to be for this show. <laughs> it, it's, But it is. It, it is hard to see this team two and four and losing these very winnable games. Like I said, it, it's been close. One play difference here or there, and this team could be, you know, they could be six and oh. Yeah, every one of these games, they've been right there in it, and just a couple things didn't break their way. So they're they're close. They're close to being right there with some really good teams. And that, that's the thing about being winning, losing these games that they lost. I mean, the team could actually be zero and six as well. And yeah. and that's what is, and that's why I keep saying the difference between good teams and mediocre teams is somebody steps up and makes a play, whether it be a turnover or whether the quarterback gets hot or a receiver finds his way open and gets a, a pass. That's, that's the difference in the NFL. The margin of error is very small and the Broncos have been on the wrong side of that too many times. 
So even though they've lost, they need to find something. And I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Somebody has to take control of this offense and make something happen. Stop complaining on the sidelines. I mean, we saw Jerry Judy complaining to Melvin Gordon. I give Melvin Gordon credit. He was just sitting there and not saying anything because, and I, so I give him some credit for that, but you can't be complaining on the sidelines when, unless you were, you know, you had 150 yards and you're like, Oh, I, I did great. And everybody else stunk. I mean, you, somebody has got to step up here it has to be Russell Wilson, but if not, somebody else has to find a way to make a play. Yeah. That was, like I said, with me tuning in on the second half, and they kept flashing to Melvin Gordon. And I was like, did he fumble in the first half that made him where they just didn't want to play him? And I was like, nope, yeah. that's not what happened. It just, they decided they were just done. He's third string. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. Is he going to get traded? Are they going to have a a meeting where they kind of have the, the meeting of the heads and see that they can come to a conclusion that he should be out there on the field? I don't know. Well, we'll have to see how that plays out. And it, it just, it kind of stinks to, again, have that kind of promise of, Hey, he's going to be that one-two punch for the running game. Broncos are going to just dominate in that way, and then play action football. Just has not. None of that has really come to fruition so far. Yeah, and I I was really expecting a little bit different offense, I guess, uh, based on the West Coast offense principles. And I think that's the part where I kind of get the most. And and sometimes they're open, so don't get me wrong. Russ misses them. He makes the wrong yeah. read. I get it. But there's a lot of times where it feels like the receivers are running the wrong route based on the West coast run, uh, route tree. Like they're reading the wrong route and they're just not there. And Russ is holding the ball too long because they're not on the same page. And that yep. to me is coaching. They should have had that ironed out. I mean, yeah, they didn't do preseason, but this is sixth games in that should be ironed out. And it's still not. And that, that is interesting to me. Like what is going on between Russell Wilson and his receivers, they don't still don't quite seem to be on the same page. Yeah, I think that's why you saw, especially after the first game of the season, Russ just really just locked in on Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Because he, he's the one guy he trusts to actually do the right thing on every single play, be where he needs to be. And even if he is double covered, I'm still throwing it to him because I know he's going to be running the right route. And like I said earlier, Jerry Judy, there's a couple times where you saw – Russ was trying to find him, but he was running the wrong route from what Russ thought he was going to run. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's hard to tell who's at fault there, who read the play wrong. Right. I'm, I'm going to guess it's Jerry Judy just because Russell Wilson's been around for a long time and has made the right read a lot of times in the NFL. And, you know, KJ Hamler, where's the disconnect there as well? There's been a lot of times where KJ Hamler's open, but obviously Russ doesn't trust him. Yeah. I don't, I, all those guys, they got to come together and figure out something to, to build that chemistry, build that trust, because it can't just be the court and Sutton show the rest of the year. Right. Well, I mean, he got, he got pretty much uh, taken out of the game. He hardly did anything uh, on Monday night football. So you, you can, you can't rely on him all the time. So they're, they're, I think it's a mixture of everything. Like what you're saying, yep. it's a mixture of Russ and the wide receivers. I think they're missing Tim Patrick a little bit. Yep. The, the nice thing was uh, Dulcet came out and uh, he looked impressive. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't, he was a rookie, but he did look impressive. So that's, that's a, that uh, is nice going forward for sure. So I, I, yeah, well, we we'll got, see. we got Naj coming back in again saying, I'm sure you bros watch a lot of film. How do you see the receivers efforts on plays? Are they running hard throughout each play? I think they're running hard, but like I said, if they're not running the right route, so when Wilson's looking their direction and they're not doing what he expects them to be doing, it just throws everything off. And so uh, I, I do think there's been times where Russ does get, like I said, locked in on one guy and it takes him a while before he starts getting into his second, third read. By the time he does, they've gotten covered up. One thing I will say that they really need to work on. I've not seen it as much as I would like. Rust had a lot of great chemistry with the guys of the broken place where they understood Russ is probably going to hold on to the football. There's a lot of plays where just because I run my usual route doesn't mean the play is over. I see a lot of the guys run their usual route and then they just kind of stop yeah. and they don't, they don't expect Russell Wilson to get out of the pocket. And then when he does, he's like, well, nobody's open because they all stopped their route. So I really want to see them work on that part of it where they're just saying, okay, 
scramble play, we got to start working back to the football or, you know, if Russ says go deep, we're, we're going deep on the play. They just, they haven't built that kind of chemistry to trust that he's going to extend a play. And he hasn't uh, for the most part, he has extended yeah. a few plays, but he, he has kind of sat in that pocket a lot of times and, and taken the sack or, or chucked it out of there and, you know, incomplete pass. So, I mean, it is a little bit of everybody still not coming together. And I, I have to put that on the coaches, you know, they, they have to get this, this taken care of, but you know, I, they're, they have to, I mean, I just, it's still, I'm still in disbelief that they went out and got Russell Wilson and they still have looked this bad. I just, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm in denial, but I've, I feel like it's at game six, they're still looking this awful. It's just, it, it's hard for me to believe it just, it really yeah. is, but I don't think it's an effort problem. And we're talking, you know, like that question. And thank you for that question. Uh, I don't think it's an effort problem. If you keep losing and you keep getting disgruntled, then you're going to see an effort problem for sure. But I don't, I don't think it's effort. I just think they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing on the field every time, whether it's yeah. the receivers on one play or Russell Wilson, on another or offensive line, they're just, it's all out of sync. They're not all coming together in sync and all together on every play. And that, I think that's the problem. I'm with you there. And so, all right, we got uh, Garth coming in again with another super chat here saying, is the Judy experiment not worth running anymore? How can you get a, get a referral guy to hook up with a straight edge continually over 60 minutes? Well, I mean, right now, Judy is your second best receiver. There's no denying that. You don't have anybody else that you can sit there and look at and say, this is the guy that can come in. Tim Patrick, when he was here, great number two very he was always in the right spot right time always made the tough catches like i said the broncos are really missing that. that that was the guy for those third down plays that russell wilson could throw it up and expect tim patrick to come down with it you know i think if there's one third down where he threw it to jerry judy down the sideline and judy he's just not a jump ball guy he's just not going to go make those kind of plays for you and so again it's just you got to learn the kind of weapons you have figure out what they do best Try to get them into those kind of environments and and hope that you can kind of figure out some kind of offense to put together. But the Broncos are just they're they're missing the those kind of pieces. Like I said, the trustworthy pieces right now, where Russell Wilson can really just go out there and just know, okay, this guy's really going to do his job well. And when everything breaks down, this is where I can go. Yeah, and I think. With Jerry Judy, when he does, I mean, there's oftentimes he's open and he drops pass. So there might be a little bit of uh, mistrust because there were some plays that uh, he would like to have back for sure. So I don't know. I mean, that's a combination of a lot of things, obviously. But again, like, when are they going to put it together? That's what I, everyone is asking. And most people have come to the conclusion that they're they're not going to. So they want to want to get rid of it all. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it looks like we're closing in on an hour here for the show. Thomas, again, I just want to say thank you for joining me and, and just coming in here for, for building the Broncos. And, uh, you know, every Tuesday night, guys, we'll be here. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Thomas at Thomas Hall NFL. You can follow me at Carl Dumbler MHH. You know, Nick, again, he's, he's out there climbing right now, but he'll be back next week. So uh, hopefully we'll have better news to be talking about Broncos victory to be talking about, but appreciate you all being here with us. And we've of course got the, for the, the building the Broncos show, the Twitter account is at BTV football pod. Make sure you guys follow us there on Twitter and make sure you also head over to huddleuppod.com to, to get your, your hats. Uh, we got t-shirts, we've got coffee mugs for, you know, the, the morning shows. I know you guys are out there doing the morning show, you and Scott and Nick and uh, give us a like on Facebook as well. And YouTube, make sure you guys are following, liking, and, uh, all those kind of things for us. It, it's huge. When you guys can get out there and share our show, it just gets us out there to the masses. So we really appreciate that. And also make sure that you don't miss Thomas's show, Legends of Mile High Podcast, Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Mountain Time to 8 a.m. Central Time. That's my time. So, uh, you know, what, what are you going to be talking about this week? You have any any ideas <laughs> yeah. yet? Or? Well, I, I just want to first say thank you for offering having me on. I really had a good time. It was fun. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be talking about, but I always, almost always have some sort of history to talk about. Mile High Legend, which is a story that has historical connotations. So we definitely will blend history. Not quite sure what I'm going to be talking about on Friday, but there will be something. <laughs> okay. I I was just thinking of like the, the Jets being this week, and I think back to the late 90s Broncos teams where in the playoffs the Broncos played against the Jets there to get to the Super Bowl and, yep. you know, great victory for them there. And, you know, I appreciate, again, all of your – your shows that you've been able to do to bring a lot of that history back together to remind us. I mean, the Broncos have had just an incredible history. I know these last few years, it's been frustrating, but we have to remember we've had a lot of really good years as Bronco fans, a lot of great players, a lot of great legends that we've been able to follow. You're wearing one right now with Tom Nalen. Uh, you know, right now the Broncos, I think are building one in Patrick Sertan that maybe yep. a few years down the road after he retires, you're going to be talking about him being one of those Bronco legends that we get to, to enjoy for the next, hopefully 10, 12 years. And so again, guys, make sure you're tuning in to all the shows. Um, I think tomorrow it's going to be you and Luke coming in for mile yep. high insiders. Yeah. And so you guys are getting a, a, a triple dose of Thomas this week <laughs> and you know, nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a great thing to have. So Again, appreciate you, Thomas. Appreciate all of you being here for the show and just tuning in. Like I said, I know it's been a little bit rough, but just stick with us, guys. We're, we're going to have a, a good time at least getting to talk some Bronco football. Maybe the product on the field is not going to be great, but the product here with you guys and uh, all the chat and just all the contributions and just support you guys give, it's going to be top-notch here. Yeah. Otherwise, guys, so as, Nick always, yeah, as, as Nick always says, make sure you guys choose kindness, choose compassion, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.